Have you ever said, or have you ever heard someone say the words, I didn't think it would turn out like this? You know, sometimes in life there are those things that overtake us, things that cause discouragement, to lose hope, to lose focus. Our vision becomes clouded by those things, whatever that event is in our lives. We sometimes find ourselves looking around wondering, how do we put the pieces back together? How do we go on? And a lot of times when that happens to us, our vision turns inward, turns inward to us. We begin just to be very myopic and think only of our own needs and of our own things and of our own failures and all the things that come around us. I say that because as we look at today's gospel, as we examine what's taking place there, there's a reason for all the things we know that God has done, but there's a specific reason that's taking place today in what happens, especially to the person that we know and love that we call Peter. Luke begins this, it happened this way. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. And if you know Luke, that is a familiar story. If you go all the way back to Luke 5, there's a story that happens with the disciples, with Peter, that's very similar. Jesus comes and asks them if he can use his boat to preach to a large crowd on the shore. And when he's finished, he asks them, have you caught anything? And they said, no, we've fished all night. We've caught nothing. And so the same thing happens here. There they are out fishing. They fish all night and they catch nothing. Luke goes on, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Now, don't you want to hear somebody who's standing on shore the morning after you've fished all night, your business, what you made a living at, what you know how to do, asking you if you had any fish? You know, that's one of those things that just kind of brings it into perspective. This is what we do. This is our job, and yet we haven't caught any fish. And then on top of that, the person on the shore looks at you and says, Well, I've got an idea for you. Why don't you throw your net on the other side of the boat? Oh, yeah, we haven't thought of that one all night. But they did. They threw their net on the other side of the boat, and we know the story. Suddenly, their net was filled full of fish, so many that they could barely haul it in. Back to that story in Luke 5, the same thing happened when Jesus told them the exact same thing again. To put their nets in, although they had caught nothing, and they had such a catch that it was almost impossible to haul it in. When they did, it said the net was so full because of the large number of fish, and I'm sure in Peter's mind there were bells going off. Things that he was thinking about saying, wait a minute, I've been in this situation. I've had this happen before, and John leans over to him and says, it's the Lord. And Peter hears that, and I'm sure there was excitement in his heart as he decides to go overboard again. Peter, who kind of always is going overboard metaphorically, and he jumps in the water and he runs up and he finally gets on shore. 
And Luke says, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. You know, there's something happening here, something that maybe we just don't catch in the text. Luke has only so many words that he can use as he writes his gospel. And the word that he uses for a charcoal fire appears only one other place in Scripture. The night that Peter stood in the courtyard of the high priest and warmed himself. You know how it is sometimes when smells come over us and they remind us of something. A lot of times it reminds us of something that's good, something pleasurable, like the smell of baking bread might remind us of a time we grew up with that, or the smell of coffee or bacon cooking or something like that. It just brings one of those pleasant memories. But this was a smell that didn't bring to Peter a pleasant memory. This was a smell that brought to Peter the remembrance of what he had done that night, of how he had denied Jesus and his failure at that point. Luke goes on, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? I'm sure Peter, after thinking about that, after that smell hit him, he's at a distance maybe, just kind of watching, thinking about his failure, wondering what was going to happen. How was he going to put this all back together? He had failed the Lord. What was he supposed to do now? And if you've been around the church long enough and you've heard this sermon preached before, you probably know that there are different words in the Greek language that describe love. Not like our language where we just say love. Words that are specific on the type of love. There's a word for romantic language. And there is a word for I love you man, you're my brother type of love. And then there is the word that is unconditional love, sacrificial love, that I will lay down my life for you love. That's the word that Jesus is always using when he describes love. And let me put it in those perspectives for you as we continue with the gospel. Do you love me unconditionally, sacrificially, Jesus says to Peter. Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you like a brother, man. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you sacrificially lay down your life for me, love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you like a brother. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me like a brother? And Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me like a brother? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you like a brother. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. So what is going on here? Why is Jesus asking Peter? Why is Jesus changing the words that he uses with Peter? Well, let's go back to the beginning of this text. Who is it that said, I'm going fishing? It's Peter. Why did Peter say that? You see, and in this day and in this age, as you went through as a little child what was called Torah school, and you studied and you memorized the Torah, if you went on from there, then you began to memorize the rest of the prophets and all the rest of Scripture. At that point, if you were the best of the best, 
somebody that was so sharp you would find a rabbi to attach yourself to and you would learn more. And if you weren't the best of the best, the words that they would say to you is go and apply your trade. I say that because that's the group that Jesus chose. As Jesus went on the shore, if we go back to Luke 5, these men were applying their trade. They were fishermen. They weren't the best of the best, the most scholarly. And yet Jesus called them to be his disciples. But you know, in Peter's mind, it had all kind of fallen apart. Jesus appeared now and then from the resurrection. They never knew when. They didn't know what was going to happen. He had failed. He realized it was never going to be the same. He didn't think it would turn out like this. So he had gone back to his trade, to go back to fish. He'd gone, as we might think, off the mission that Jesus had called them to go on. And so Jesus begins this conversation with them about love. And we know that Peter denied Jesus three times, and it's not just coincidence that Jesus says back to Peter three times, do you unconditionally, sacrificially love me, Peter? And then finally brings it down to the level that Peter's saying, do you really even love me like a brother, Peter? Is Jesus lowering the bar for Peter? Is that what's going on here? Is it like Jesus to lower the standard so that Peter can feel better? Or is he saying to Peter, look, do you really even love me like that after what happened? You see, Jesus needs to get Peter into that place, into the place that he was originally called, into the place where he would understand again what he was called to do. When Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you think he was comparing Peter to the other disciples? Does Jesus usually compare us to one another to say, you're better than this person, you love me more? Or is he looking at something else that Peter may have done? Is he looking at the catch of fish that had just been laid on the shore? You see, I say that because Peter going off mission, Peter going back to apply his trade, showed that Peter's focus was no longer on what Jesus had called him to do to follow him, but Peter had gone back to what he wanted to do for himself, to take care of number one, of me. The business is going to go again. We'll have some money. We'll go on, and that'll be the end of life. Peter, do you love me more than this? than this trade, than this job, than these fish. Do you love me more to follow me, to do the things that I asked you to do? Peter, follow me. That's what I called you to do on that shore back in Luke 5. I called you to be a fisher of men. I called you to be somebody who would do what I asked you to do. Peter, even with failures and brokenness and denial and all the things that have happened, you are a witness of these things. You are someone I need to testify. You are someone I have use of. You know, isn't that a comfort in our lives? to hear those words, that Jesus wants to use people who are broken, who are failures, who have done things in the past that maybe are shady and are dark, and who are turned inward wondering what can become of their lives, and yet he calls them and still says, I have a purpose for you. I have need of you. 
Now come and follow me. You know, so often in our lives, in our relationships of loving people, what Jesus calls us to do, when Jesus says, feed my lambs, Jesus says to Peter, this is the most important thing in my life that you can do. What is it, Peter, that I love? And if you love me, you will love what I love. It's people, Peter. Love people. Jesus was always about loving people wherever he went. The disenfranchised, those on the edge, those who weren't popular, those that no one would touch. Jesus was there. Peter, if you love me, if you love me like you say you do, if you're going to follow me, love what I love. Feed my sheep. Take care of people. Don't we in life go off mission, turn inward when those things happen? Don't we test the waters sometimes? in our relationships with people. Oh, you know, are they going to love me unconditionally? Do we pull back a little just to see, well, are they going to notice that I pulled back? Don't we play all those games of relationships because of our insecurities, trying to find out, are we really loved? Does anyone really care about me? Will anybody come and find me where I'm at? And yet we know that we are loved as Jesus said, unconditionally, sacrificially, someone who would give up their life for us loved. That's what Jesus did on the cross to prove to us that he loved us so much that he'd lay down his life that we might have that life. Following Jesus, we need to always remember that love that enfolds us, that surrounds us, that guides us and strengthens us. We need to take our vision off of ourselves and our inward focus and once again do what Jesus asked Peter to do, to follow him, to see the cross, to see the love that we know that we have in order that we might love the same thing that Jesus loves, the people around us, the gifts that he has given us. That is the mission that Jesus has given us that we might become one reaching many, that we might see the need around us, not be blind to it because of our myopic view, but to see once again that Jesus has died to redeem the whole world, the world that we meet every day in every place, in every occupation on the other side of our handshake. Feed my sheep, Jesus said to Peter. Love like I love. Be the one to follow. Don't go off mission. Don't turn inward. Isn't it interesting that Peter thought that would be the very thing that would take him on in his life to go back to fishing? And yet when he came to shore that day, Jesus already had breakfast for them, already had fish, already had bread. Peter, you forgot. I can supply your needs. I can take care of you. I can do all things in your life. Just look to me and follow. Jesus Christ, the one who we have seen, that we witness in the scriptures, who has touched each of our lives through our baptism, given us his Holy Spirit, who has said to us, I love you unconditionally, sacrificially, and I will never leave you or forsake you. He is the one who says to us, follow me. 
Love as I love. Serve as I have served you. This is the gift that we've been given as God's people. The gift to know that he is with us to the close of the age. The gift to be those people that are different than all the rest in the world, who care about those around us, who show that love in many ways because it has been shown to us first. May we truly follow in the way that Jesus leads us, in the strength and the hope that he has given each one of us. In his name, amen.